When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And you can tell our friends and they can have my things when we're dead. We are here at the Boys Cast, the first podcast exclusively for the boys. And just sitting here with Danny Polishok, sports guy. In the boys' bunker. Got a, <laughs> he's got a baseball signed by. Who was it signed oh, yeah. by? So went to. Um, Who's went the baseball our- signed by? Rudy Giuliani. A big hero of Danny's. <laughs> went to Corinne Fisher, our friend Corinne Fisher's store. Uh, we talked about it last week, perfectly centered. She had all sorts of dude. She had a Mickey Mantle signed baseball, and I left there and I go, I should put it. It's a happy camper. And Danny's then, trying to turn his side of the boys' cast into like sort of a, a sports, sports thing. He's got his shorts on as it's- he slowly morphs into Adam Sandler. <laughs> I've always been the Sandman. This ball is so funny because so this is the year of 9 11, the World Series. I was saying this like so the 9- celebratory 2001 favorite year official for you. World Series baseball with the American flag ceremonial first pitch on it. Signed by Rudy Giuliani. Literally, if I could just figure out a way to rub off his name, the value of this ball would go up. (laughs) (laughs) Danny has, you know, he's decided he's going to turn his side. He wants to get a beer pong table over there. (laughs) Some red cups. Sort of a guy's guy's guy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Danny Polish. No, I'm a guy's guy's man's guy. You're a guy's. No, you're like a man's man's man. Like, if anything, like you're the type of guy that your boy. I'm a boy's boy. Your boyfriend would be a man's man. (laughs) Like you're like, oh, he's sort of like a guy's guy, this guy, this guy's guy's guy. Like any, you know, you'd walk in and you having sex with a guy, and you'd be like, you gay? You go, if I was gay, would this guy be such a fucking bro? <laughs> would he? I don't know. Just an aggressive man playing basketball with his shorts on, got a baseball. Aggressive. Well, I, I, I had to wear longer shorts this week because everybody was saying my shorts were too short. Well, that's why he's slowly. Just turning into the Sandman. I'm gonna be, yeah, I'm gonna, see him crying. He was ridiculous for a dude who's like, I, I'm sure I will at some point. But for a guy who's like, what is he in his 50s? And he just like his main clothing thing is just like double XL basketball shorts. That's the main. thing. Adam Sandler's his whole thing is he's like, I'm so rich and important that I can dress like a fucking literal like, homeless person. He dresses like I dressed when I was 12. No, but he looks like he was given those clothes, like someone dropped them it's off like in JJ. a bag yeah, as he was like, sitting across the street. They all came in a beer case. Yes, but that's the kind of thing. You know what I was thinking? They were saying, you know what they say? Um, you know they cut dogs' balls off to make them less aggressive? Yes. So you know how... Um, you know, women would say that, or like, you know, a certain type of the new age woman would basically say that 
there's no, you know, differences between aggression. Like if men are getting in fights more, for example, that's because of socialization and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. So it's like all these dogs have been getting their balls cut off for nothing then, <laughs> according to their logic. That's true. Well, remember we did that podcast with the trans lady and her, the, she had her, her, her wiener, but no balls. <laughs> wiener, no balls is she got, wild. She's wiener, no balls. And you know, I'm sure some, oh, wean. and imagine you're like the confused guy that's like going to have sex with a trans woman for the first time. And, and you go like, to reach for the balls. You're like, nice. Yeah, you no go, you ball, go, right, no I'm, dick. You go, I'm doing it. I'm sucking this dick. You go, all right, I'm going to do something with the, wait a minute. <laughs> Where Have you ever balls? seen that scene in MacGruber where MacGruber is <laughs> trying to cut off his dick and at the end of it, he goes down, he goes, I'm going to cut off your dick and he, it was it was taken off in the explosion. <laughs> so Cunt starts laughing, goes, ah, ha, ha, because he's so happy that MacGruber didn't get a chance to t- cut off his dick and MacGruber's really sad because he wanted to cut it off. That's a big <laughs> deal for him. <laughs> That's the thing. You go down to squeeze and the balls are gone. You go, what's going Massive on? dong. I wonder if I think we were talking about it though before that podcast, and I think they said that it's uh, it's like a natural testosterone reducer. Yeah, but uh, that's so funny if girls are like, "Well, actually, men are just more aggressive because they're fucking socialized to be dicks." (laughs) And it was like, so why is it like objectively that when you cut off a dog's balls, they're less aggressive? And they also make testosterone. So I overcame adversity to get home last night. So what happened? So I was disaster in New York. It was a nightmare day after tomorrow stuff. So I go, I'm doing shows and it's basically, it's, it's kind of outdoor. This is up, uptown New York, uptown, like around like 60th or whatever it is. And, it's on like a patio, but it's covered and it it's raining so hard that you have to yell like even, yeah, even oh, with like the a- microphone because the rains, you know what I mean? So I'm up, I'm doing two shows. The second show, right after I go up, it gets so crazy. The power just goes off in the whole bar or whatever, right? <laughs> whole thing goes off. So they basically cancel the show and then they go, you can't leave because they're like, apparently the area where you go out it's like yeah, it's you flooding, know, pouring everywhere. Right? I saw like the subways where like so there was one subway around there actually where it's just like almost like a Ghostbusters or some shit. It's like water's like coming down the stairs. Yeah, like, that was the bar had this area. <laughs> so I basically I trying to pay because I had like a buff food or whatever. So I'm, the guy's like, we have no you know way to do it or whatever. So you have to stay. I'm just like, okay. I'm leaving. And Ryan, you, Ryan heard that. He goes, when God closes a door, he opens a window. <laughs> I go, I, listen, I'm leaving. So I sort of storm out. And I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. I wasn't con- clicking. I go, all right, whatever. I'll call a lift. So I get outside. I'm pouring. It's pouring. You're not an umbrella guy either. I no. So I have to find awnings because I well, I brought an umbrella on the way there. And then oh, I, you did have one. On the way there. Oh. And then I forgot it at the bar. Oh, no. <laughs> because I thought I was going to waltz outside, get an Uber. So I walked outside, get an, I tried to get an Uber, tried to get a Lyft, couldn't get anything. It's like there for 20 minutes. So I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll go to the subway, run to the subway, subway that are closed. Mm-hmm. Then it, I was like, the only thing you can get is a bus. So I start waiting for a bus. I wait like half an hour for a bus. Couldn't get the bus. And then I go to a different bus station. I waited there. And then I finally got on the bus. And then at fi- when I get on the bus, after about 20 minutes, I'm like, this bus is going somewhere else, isn't it? <laughs> Brings me more uptown. Now I'm at like fucking 80th. <laughs> right, gets dropped off in Harlem. He's all wet. He's Dude, dro- so I'm get, I get dropped off on there. Now the buses are even f- scarcer. I, now it's been like an hour and a half on my journey. I'm drenched. I got in a soaker, oh, as her ex called it, loser foot. Loser foot. Doesn't count in this scenario, but yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm drenched. I'm trying to get a bus. The subways no one could get. You can't get a lift. You can't get an Uber. So at this point, it's been an hour and a half. So I go, I don't know what to do. So I just go to a bar by myself 
and just start, you know, I get a couple of shots. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to be here forever. I start thinking I might have to get a hotel around this area. Yeah. Then I had the idea. I'm just going to weather it on the bike. So I saw a city bike. I walked by and I go, you can do this. Yeah. So Especially I, if you got the electric bike, no electric bike gear didn't work. The thing's broken. I'm uh, it's 30 minute bike ride drenched. Like overcoming storm adversity, basically like Tom Hanks and yeah, yeah, and something. And he's saving the Private Ryan. I, I can imagine Forrest Tom Hanks being in a movie where he's overcoming Philadelphia. Adversity. Basically, like basically Tom Hanks. Philadelphia. Basically, like Tom Hanks in one of the movies where he's overcome something. <laughs> I was like Ryan Gosling in one of the movies where he had to overcome something because I was also overcome. The Notebook. Something. They were they're making out in the rain. <laughs> yeah, make out in the rain. When you fucking making out with that bike, you go, I fucking love you, bike. Just get yes. me there. I was, Just fucking get me there. I was also like Ben Affleck in one of the movies where he's overcome something. I was I don't know about Geely. I was like a Hollywood actor in the sense that I had a something a, that I had a, to overcome for the plot a line character of my life. arc. So I I'm I get home at like like one. And by the way, I'm driving through this storm. Cars are basically driving on the sidewalk. It's chaos in Manhattan. It sounds like Forrest Gump when he's in the army. Remember? And he goes, the rain was coming up from the is a little bit ground. like Forrest Gump when he was in the army. It's also <laughs> a little bit like Danny Trejo in one of the movies where he overcame adversity. So much adversity <laughs> for him. It's also like some of the WWE franchise movies where Hulk Hogan had to become a nanny, for example, <laughs> and overcome adversity. I'm not saying I was a nanny. I'm saying the adversity level was, uh, similar, was comparable. Was similar. If you were if you were watching this and you knew Hulk Hogan had to become a nanny. Who, okay, in a battle of nannies, who do you think would win? Hulk Hogan as Mr. Nanny or Mrs. Doubtfire? I'd say Hulk Hogan as Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Nanny. In a hell in a cell. Yeah, I don't even... <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> oh, hello! So, this week, before we even get into any of the fucking real shit, <laughs> we do have to pour one out, because some of our content team at the Boys Cast has been let go. Oh, man, so upsetting. 60 employees or so at Vice Magazine. A.K.A. the Boys Cast. <laughs> They don't know they're working for us. They're they're subcontractors. 60 employees of Vice fired after writing some of the best articles known to man, which is is? a travesty. I think what happened is they figured out all the different ways to fit a dildo inside of you. They go, here's, (laughs) they go, they were like, you know what? I think we did it. Yeah. There's no more articles left about how many dildos can you safely fit inside your anus. It's a it's a mess out there. Do you remember uh, when our buddy did the thing at Vice? He said that um, he said the Shane Smith comes on the teleprompters like Zordon from the Power Rangers, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and he goes, everyone's sitting there, and then it goes, doof, doof, doof. and Shane Smith comes, he <laughs> broadcasts himself on all the TVs, and he said that he goes, <laughs> we won't air it, which buddy, but he goes, you know, all the other places are making shit, but Vice, what we're making. Not shit. <laughs> he apparently just kept saying that. He goes, some of these other, you know, these news stations, these television stations, shit. Vice, not shit. <laughs> he just kept not shit. <laughs> he, he said he was really strong. Really to emphasize that it's not shit. He's then, he, then he signs off. <laughs> but I decided that I since... Um, one of the funniest things, too, is that people always actually think that I work at Vice. I know. That's, <laughs> that's the best thing. You go, what the hell? Vice is making good stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Um, so I, when I was, uh, do you think these ladies are going to learn to? Co- oh, by the way, I, I, I did because in the comments, it's mostly ladies. It's a she session. Well, that's the thing. This is the she session. It's that's the what makes it really disgusting. I'm sh- I couldn't fire be some men. Fire and some then men. give those women the men's jobs. Like it's insane what it, they're doing. Advice. It's not. It's not. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at Vice and be like, "Fire the dudes, hire more boobs." <laughs> That's my policy: boobs over dudes. No, promote Always. the boobs. You promote them to promote the men's the job because the men's have better jobs than them. Obviously, yes. Me, those fucking dudes are fucking boobs. <laughs> <laughs> boobs of the week. I, I want to throw my hat in the ring with some ideas. How about this? So, because. They need, you know, they're going to need content and whatever reason they decide to fire people. I'm sure the business is booming as always. I can't mm. imagine in any sort of way that their digital team wasn't producing maximum huge, oh, revenue. Oh, huge amounts of money. I think it, they were like one above Amazon in terms of like revenue last year. Oh, digital oh content yeah, somewhere team. in that. Yeah, yeah. They're, I think one of the most valuable private companies in the world. Well, I'm just going to, you know, I want to k- throw some Kickstarters out there. Just if you are listening and you work at Vice and you're looking to hire people, I will go trans for the job. And how about this? Why chair legs are demiso- Why chair legs are demisexual phobic? That's Pretty one good, that yeah. I came up with. Hockey pucks are racist and urinal pucks are sexist. That's one that I... So you urinal pucks mean? should also be racist because they're white. Urinal pucks can be blue, though. Which oh, right. Is, I was thinking of the white ones. But also it's sexist because blue is like the male color. They should be pink. And uh, bestiality is the new black. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fun one. Black's the new bestiality. Black's the new you can, bestiality. You can kind of get a two for one there if you just switch them up. And um, I have sex with babies, but I'm not a monster. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny if someone pitched that I have sex with newborns but i'm not a monster someone probably has pitched that advice and that wasn't a fireable offense but like they're like we're not they got laid there. off for some other bullshit reason he goes we're not there quite yet <laughs> but we're come back in a month yeah and last one my two dads are transphobic so <laughs> i like that you know what else uh you know people will say that uh i mean it's like homophobic and a lot of the transphobic and a lot of j- comedians have made the point where it's like, I'm not afraid of them. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. yeah. Like the spot. Cause the Iraq, they're like, it's not a yes. spider. So it doesn't really make sense, but it's like what I was kind of thinking was, like, by the way, I am, I just like to go on record. I, Arachnophobic, I, 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 homophobic, transphobic. I, I am scared. Like it is a phobia. Danny's I have nothing. I have nothing wrong. Sure. <laughs> Danny's don't you hate pants? You don't you hate pants? Posting those memes on Facebook. Just a fun guy. <laughs> He posts baseball memes. Honestly, he might be done with Facebook forever, by the way, because I updated to the newest thing, and then I was like, I don't know what's going on anymore. I feel like fucking 90, you don't get 90 yeah. years old. You with, can't make... I, I go on there, I go, what, I got to learn this all over again? Why do you guys keep switching? I hadn't updated in like two years, the app, and I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, you can't be giving me fucking... Uh, like changing the infrastructure on an app that's number five on my usually yeah, list. Yeah, I like I use it once. Number a one week. on Danny's usury list. <laughs> I use it literally like a couple to times loan a week. People money. A couple times a week, and now I'm like, what? I gotta. I feel like Brooks and Shawshank. I'm institutionalized. Yeah. Well, if they say it's funny because they're like, okay, so this guy's transphobic, and it's like, well, it is. It's, let's say you're saying I don't, I don't want a bunch of like <laughs> trans people around, and someone's like, you're transphobic. You're like. Well, I don't know. I'm not transphobic, but I am trans lobby phobic in the sense that I'm afraid of the lobby. Yeah. So you know what I mean? Oh, like, the, the pre- oh it's like a mobster's wife, right? It's like imagine you imagine you said a mobster. You you had a company work party, right? 
And one guy was in the mafia, and he was like the head of the mafia. He also works at you know Target with you. Yeah, Target with you. <laughs> Garbage. <laughs> no, she does. The, the mobster's wife works at Target. Oh, she works. Yeah. But you're at Target. You're at the office. You're all in waste management. Yeah, you're on the Christmas party, and they go, "You're at the waste management party." And she goes, "She's going to be around tonight." You're not afraid of her, but you are a little bit like she comes around. You're like. I, okay, I'm a hi, oh, hi. Yeah, you, know, you don't want to be walking on eggshells. Well, yeah, you're gonna have what? You're gonna have a little one extra drink to in front of her, and then be like, "What's it like dating someone who killed a guy?" <laughs> Next thing you know, you're fucking, you're getting dragged sl- out. You're getting sl- you're sleeping with the fishes. So yeah, I'm Tony Scarboni's girlfriend shows up. <laughs> I don't think I'm afraid of Tony Scarboni's girlfriend, but I might be afraid of Tony Scarboni. The same way you're like. If someone shows up and they're like, hey, uh, the workplace um, beside you is going to be like, gay guy uh, right there is going to be a trans person. And uh, they're in the blah, 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 blah. And you're going to run the meeting. And uh, hey, we want you to give a talk on diversity. You're yeah. like, uh, <laughs> also, you go, I'm actually fucking in, in this example. Tony Scarboni is actually a pretty reasonable guy where he's only actually going to give you the fucking business if you deserve it. Whereas you might just like misstep or something. Right. And the other scenario, you go, I actually didn't. I mean, well, I didn't do anything. And they're like, well, we interpreted it. This way, so, so you're done. Is that really all that uh, <laughs> irrational to be afraid of the surrounding about them? If you have anyone where you go, they're going to be around, and if you say it a little bit wrong, even mm. like I, I'm just like, I'd rather have my fucking rather have my balls cut off. <laughs> well, that's anyway. But I'm saying like, <laughs> you'd rather have like, you know, your chick come up and be like. What do you think of my new haircut? And it's a buzz cut. Like that's less scary <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. than being surrounded by protected groups and having to talk. Yeah. It's, it's like, oh, well, that's you- why you should be a good white boy and shut your goddamn mouth and just listen, yeah. Ryan. Well, that's the thing. You just have to shut up but that because you're afraid. You know that um, that if the movie where there's only women, that show or whatever that's coming out? Yeah. Last, last Man Best on show Earth. Ever. Last Man on Earth or whatever. Like what if that equivalent kind of but it's just where white guys just listen <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so it's just a show where white guys just listen imagine a world where white guys just shut their mouth and listen and this fall <laughs> it's time to shut the fuck up so all the white guys are literally just extras because they have no lines yeah but, but you get <laughs> silent famous, on but you get famous silent on camera but you get famous people to do it yeah it's it's like Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt who reminds on. me of when I was uh, yeah yeah. <laughs> but it's silent. On. It. But I, I relate to because we've had similar adversity that we've had to overcome. And then it's like people just at like you know uh, <laughs> minorities or whatever asking them questions. And they go like, "So I'll just you tell me." Well, luckily, vice the employees the vice that were fired. The skills are very transferable, and that's something that if you are you know if you lost your blogger job, luckily. I would say that I would, you know, take a couple weeks off, you know what I mean, probably for mental health. But after that, you know, all the skills that you learn at blogging, you can maybe be like a doctor. People come in and they say, you know, something's wrong with my knee. And they're like, well, yeah, society's bigotry is the problem with your knee. Yeah. Oh, big time. They could be an accountant, maybe. You know, you go, hey, you come in. They say, oh, uh, what happened with my money? And they say, it's all gone. And you say, why? They go, it's called reparations, pal. And (laughs) (laughs) reparations to women. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So maybe an actuary. actuary. I mean, I, I say that actuaries and bloggers have similar skill sets. Yeah, it's you're basically accounting, but you're just one is accounting for society and the other is accounting for <laughs> insurance purposes. You know, you are you know, you're on the abacus of society, just moving these <laughs> little beads yeah. over to the racist side. So this is what they say. Um 
they laid off 155, which includes Refinery29. Um, that's their uh, company, I guess, is laying off 155 employees or more than 5% of the total worldwide hit count in response to revenue declining stemming from the coronavirus pandemic. So it's the pandemic. It's the pandemic's fault. Why would why would digital... Which and whose fault is the pandemic? Trump. Well, Trump. Yeah, so Trump, basically... She, yeah, but like she lost her job. Man. Like they're, they're all just losing their job because of Trump. Why? Why would the... Like it's a pretty... Uh, agreed upon thing that digital properties did better in the pandemic. Yeah. Like again, <laughs> you have to, it, it's like you're fucking on the, you know, like you get teamed up with the best players and then all of a sudden you have all these advantages and then you lose and you go, you got to make something. Go, oh, I don't know. Pan- it's the pandemic. It just seems like the Couldn't crazy, focus. The you can't blame your digital properties on success on the pandemic. Also, it's like, it's pretty known that before the pandemic, it's not everybody was like super bullish on digital properties. <laughs> well, they that's what I mean. It was the worst yeah. business. Yeah, it was the worst business pre-pandemic. But it had a little moment where, see, they, see these places, are, first of all, it's like the worst business model. How many, um, you know, big companies like NBC tried CISO, uh, uh, like all I mean, of- I forgot about Quibi. Quibi. Every <laughs> single one of these places were like, hey, you know what we'll do? We'll start the property where you look at your phone and watch our things. And they're like, yeah, we already have like YouTube and Instagram. We already do that. And you're like, yeah, but what if you paid for one? <laughs> and everyone's like, why? Yeah. And then these places, they get into the, they're all like trend tracing, which is, you know, fairly reasonable. That's what, you know, companies do. If you're making entertainment, like big companies, of course, you're going to be on top of the trends. But the problem is that this trend is you can't escape it. So if you get into the, you know, chairs are races trend. Yeah. And you hire all people that are experts in, you know, saying that chairs are demisexual phobic. Then when you go, oh, you know what? This thing's drying up a bit. We'll move on. They go, move on from <laughs> helping. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, we're shifting. We're making a division shift into and what are we gonna use? white supremacy. Yeah, we're going to just tell the news like a bunch of fucking Nazis do. So they have... So they can't get out of this thing. Like Vice has shifted what they are two or three times. This was obviously the worst iteration, but you can't leave this iteration. No, no, no. The only, the, you know, realistic outcome is you just do this until you implode like a black, like a black hole, you know, just. It is. Yeah. It's the equivalent of the bleed it dry where you just like, let's just milk every last little bit of. Well, how are you supposed to be vice and be like, hey, we're like, we're vice and we're what we are now. And then we're like, you know what? We just want to be like a fun company, again. fun company. We're going to go back to being (laughs) like, you know, cool vice. And people are like, I don't. Well, then you have people at the place come up and they're like, hey, so I wrote this article about oppression. They're like, yeah, we're kind of going a different direction. We're just we're we're going back to rape is cool. So if we could (laughs) write some stuff up about that. So how there's no such thing as date rape and they're like oh it's yeah and, and then the, you know what else there was there was a, one of uh this was like a while ago but someone was saying that um someone their name was like david chan or something yeah. and they had an article it was like the guy who started 4chan he's david chan. <laughs> yeah the guy who started 4chan's name is david chan yeah oh cool nice yeah yeah um but he he was like saying that it was a microaggression because someone was like, um, uh, he said his name was Shannon. He goes, or are you related to this other Shannon? He was like, it was a microaggression because he thinks we're related just because they're Asian. And it was just like, no, the racist would be like, yeah, no surprise there. There's 10 million of you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Like the not racist yeah, yeah, of course, take. Of is, course it is. Yeah, of course. <laughs> David Chan goes, yeah, that was would have been my first guess. See what I'm saying? 
If yeah. you go, oh, it's you so and so, that guy's so not racist that he doesn't even know that there's a lot of chance. That doesn't even know there's a trillion chance. Yeah, he just thinks, oh, that's just a guy named. Ch-. Whereas, <laughs> if you were racist, you'd just be like, yeah. You guys can't think of any new names. Every yeah. single one of you, like some shit like that. I mean, the ultimate thing is everybody gets burned on. That is like the most, you know, milk toast thing is people go, oh, where are you from? Like meaning your background. But then people are like, where am I from? I'm from America. I'm from America. And you go, I know you're from America. Obviously, anybody could tell by the sound of your voice and your accent. I was just wondering, like, your background. Sorry, right. sorry, I said, where are you from instead of what's your background? When you and then it's someone. like the ultimate like slight. That that is one of the most ridiculous ultimate slights. I know. It's, yeah, where they're like, where am I from? <laughs> I don't know. Earth. <laughs> We're Africa, like all of us. Yeah, exactly. I remember, yeah, I remember uh, fucking when this stuff was early popping off. I was like on a date, with, like hanging out with a chick, and she and she had some. Was it, where are you from? And she was like, she said some shit like that, and she was like, uh, Canada. I go, yeah, that's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, maybe let's not like have our first instinct to be get offended and upset. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, yeah. When I when, when I when you asked, know exactly what's when I asked a brown chick where she's from. What I meant was, yeah. Are you? Do you live here, <laughs> yeah. or are you touring? Where are you from? Uh, Water down Ontario. Yeah, or, or some shit. But literally, if someone's like, "What's your background?" You're like, you know, you're Russian. I'm Irish. Yeah, if of you're course. Indian, you go. But <laughs> the idea is like, like I'm supposed to look at someone that's clearly fucking Indian uh-huh. and be like, and not, uh, and and be like, oh, I mean, they could be. F- from Canada, they could be from Ireland. They could be it's like, <laughs> no, are you like what are you yeah. Irish? Like, are you Indian or are you like yeah, you're like I, but that's yeah, again, that's your question. So you could be third generation. That's whatever. It's that's just Yeah, you're that's still, what you're wondering. Yeah, like if you're Italian, it's not it's, bad. Yeah, yeah. It's almost the if you're Italian, it's the opposite where someone's like, uh, I'm a t-, they're like, you know where I'm from? I go, I know where you're from, Canada. <laughs> They go, hey, bro, don't, what are you saying? Hey, you know, fucking back in the home country where I'm from, you go, you know where you're from? You're from America, <laughs> you go, brother. Bro, bro, <laughs> bro. Guy out there waving his stupid Macedonian I'm from flag. from Napoli. Yeah, no, you're, I'll tell you where you're fucking from. You're from <laughs> the East Village of New York. <laughs> and don't let anybody ask you or tell you differently hey go on. especially like the trinidad people where it's like if anyone gets offended by that it's like where are you from it's like where am i from i mean i, I don't really need to ask because you have trinidad flags head to toe. <laughs> yeah. puerto ricans that's puerto they ricans love it. new york is like the, the puerto rican pride there's actually near so hot have you ever seen the 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 uh i think it's on avenue b there's these guys and they par- every single day they park a giant van like camper van thing and they open the doors up and they hang out under scaffolding i'm not even exaggerating 365 days a year could be the coldest day last night fucking torrential downpour they're hanging out under scaffolding and they're just raging it every and they're all puerto rican (laughs) their fucking license plate says rican i i believe and it's like puerto Puerto rican they just love puerto rico and they just love chilling on the street and they just hang out. They bring that van every day, and they just park and they chill there. They're just rocking. Out. Avenue, the wives are at home. Uh, there might be some. No, the wives. I think some come out there. It's oh, on the Avenue Twelfth and Avenue B in New York. Check it out. Yeah, but asking those people, yeah, where are you from? It's like imagine them sitting there. They're on their thing. They have Puerto Rican music playing. Puerto Rican flags <laughs> everywhere. Puerto Rican tattoos. 
Uh, America? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Queens? <laughs> it's a, the most ridiculous thing. That was, yeah, that was like a high, a high end getting ridiculous, like getting, getting offended over ridiculous. My stuff. favorite is people getting offended over food. I'll never <laughs> get over people getting offended over food. Like how much you eat? Like you're that are yeah, offended yeah. over. Hey, we brought this guy over to our house, and he literally, we walked into the kitchen, ate den, ate, he's ate the full dessert. He's before. eating the flour. <laughs> the dinner hadn't even started. We haven't even. We literally brought out a few drinks. We are serving the first course, and this fat piece of shit. He walks into the kitchen, eats the pie, including the tray, and then he came out and burp, and he goes, "I call that the reverse order." <laughs> It was a wind's appetizer starting. <laughs> he comes out. He comes out, burps out the pie tray, and then looks me in the eyes, and he goes, "It's called a reversal." <laughs> <laughs> that you didn't like when people were offended by that, did the, you? No, no, no. Just the people who are like, someone decides, some restaurant goes, "Hey, we're adding uh we're adding uh, wontons to our menu," and then someone's like, "You're not." fucking from china excuse me and then they like make this whole stink they go oh i got made fun of when i was a kid for eating wontons oh yeah 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 you know yeah. they go they go i when i was 10 years old i ate a wonton and someone in my <laughs> elementary school made fun of me and now this fucking white oppressor selling wontons at their store it's like what the fuck man when i was nine years old i was eating a wonton <laughs> a gang of people kicked it out of my hand they held me down they go, well, you don't ever eat wontons ever again. And then now I have to go, and that same bully opens up their wonton. own wonton shop. <laughs> if we ever see you eating wontons in this town again, <laughs> you're not going to want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, um, they say that, uh, okay, so in a statement, Vice's union, which represents the editorial and other uh, employees. We understand that the entire news industry is hurting, Vice union statement said, because Trump's gone. We do not understand why Vice chose to lay off so many of our colleagues in the middle of a global pandemic instead of exhausting all options to save the jobs. I mean, they've been saving your jobs for five years. <laughs> You've all been redundant for five years, and things were just good enough where they're like, yeah, we'll keep you around, and I guess. One of the problems with the unions in creative fields. It's like, you know, there is places where unions are good, and there's, especially when there's, like, danger involved. You know what I mean? And, but the, the problem with unions in, like, creative fields is, especially, like, ones like this, is they make it so... I, I'll say, talk about Vice specifically, but when they have blogger unions, right... What they do is they basically make they eat they kind of like socialize everything where it's like they turn jobs that like some people are way better than other people into you know in comedy in Canada is very like you work your way up you work at this club like it's not like who's popping and who's killing no, the hardest no. if you're at like for example yuck yuck it's like there is a seniority yeah. of this guy's been here longer yeah for sure right whereas for something like this where it's you know who's the best at making the like chairs of racist articles it really is like who's getting the most clicks yeah yeah exactly nobody's getting preferential treatment for how it's like right but they shown. have like if you work here for this many years you get this much of a raise so what it does is the best people it sort of blocks you off from giving them like double the pay. Like you can't just, for example, be like, this person's making way more money. Let's give them a huge raise. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of a, how in construction, it's very like it, the one guy's like working an extra minute for his break and they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah, like, yeah. are you trying to Yeah, you're trying to fucking, yeah. Like, exactly, hey, yeah. union, you're not allowed to work for the next 15 minutes. 
It's like someone sparked a cigarette. We're all on break. <laughs> yeah, we all smoke now. <laughs> Everybody, we smoke now. That's part of the union. It's part of the union. Grab your smokes. <laughs> the union rules. Everyone needs to smoke. So that's what it does. So what happens over the course of a long time in places like this is, and again, whether maybe you think if you run this company, maybe this is what you want. So it's like, it's just a, a value system thing to some degree, but it's the best people. If you're actually someone that's like flourishing in an environment like this, it's harder to move up and get like the big money. Mm-hmm. So they, it's very hard with like a big union system to go, Hey, this guy who's been here three years is crushing it so hard. We're going to give him a hundred grand a year, even though everyone else makes 30 grand a year. It's almost like impossible. Right? Also, these people don't really create any value for their company. Like they're not like, you know, if someone, I'm sure there's some star blog. I'm there sure that- there are. <laughs> and maybe this but, guy cannot stop getting, but clicks. they didn't. But the thing is, is like, they didn't shut down. Like a lot of these people got shit can from refinery 29. Like it's not like refinery 29 is gone. They just were like, you know, we don't need any of these unnecessary articles that don't do well. I'm sure they kept, if you're cranking, you know, cranking out articles that are doing really well i doubt they fire you these people are just doing you know nobody was wanted any of their shit yeah but there was no value created (laughs) well that's what happens is because all the people that are crushing it just they leave for you know because the only way to get a bigger uh uh uh, pay off the bat is to leave to a new place like make a big move Mm -hmm. and then you kind of left with all the you know average performers yeah and i think that's probably one of the reasons why you get such wild articles because when you're when you're not that great, it's like you have to use the dark arts of just like like everyone knows probably in that field that the most salacious stuff is just the most like basic bullshit. Like white people should die. Like you know yeah, that article is going to do better than like a nuanced take, right? Yeah. So I think that the probably the smartest people somewhat probably know in in any like article or any news sort of oriented thing know how to a little bit like spice on like of a little course. bit of both i mean but the bad even... people just only know how to do that that's the only way they know how to get well clicks. it's the trick they were never good to begin with and it's this trick they figured out as a bit of a shortcut and they abuse it yeah they abuse it and it's it's literally the comedian who f- finds out one little like trick of comedy and then analogies analogies or <laughs> I, loved what I, I look like a love child of <laughs> like if you go into like a comedy club in 1995 every comedian their opener is like yeah yeah i know you're thinking I look like a love child of blank and blank. <laughs> Danny comes in, he goes, I know what you're thinking. I look like a love child of Chris Farley and Kevin Farley. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm fat, but I'm retarded looking. Go, yeah. Dude, there's nothing funnier than when one of your buddies like finds a new trick. Like our friend JJ came in and he was... Uh, <laughs> He figured out analogies. Yeah. And one day he just came and he was like, yeah, I'm sort of like a, I'm a, like, I'm like a chair, you know? Uh, it's like, I got a big long leg and people want to sit on my face. Like whatever, <laughs> yeah, whatever yeah, the yeah. fucking one is. If you actually think about it, uh, and then literally his- sex is a lot like, uh, uh, going to the gym, you know, a lot of tugging and pulling. <laughs> you basically turn your comedy into like a bathroom reader. Remember all those bathroom readers back in the day? Like like books were specifically called bathroom readers. And it was like, they just had stuff like that in them. They're like, yeah, I'm kind of like, <laughs> yeah, jokes, a lot of tugging and pulling. Uh, <laughs> And at the end, you have to pay money. <laughs> and every month, you have to pay a monthly. All a lot of them, a lot of the. This that's, is like sex. End up. That's with crazy the that money. there was someone who's like very successful, who's like made all of their money from writing joke books that people read while they shit. Specifically, like they're for having sex is a lot like <laughs> eating spicy food. I'm sweating the whole time. 
Uh, it's over in two minutes, <laughs> and, and at I, the end I have to pay money. And my asshole burns. My, oh yeah, that <laughs> asshole burns is a big one. Asshole burns. <laughs> Everyone is the uh, every joke ends with your asshole yeah, burning. Yeah, 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 yeah. No matter what. At the end of it, my asshole is burning. Drinking a glass of water is like having sex. <laughs> at the end, my asshole is burning. <laughs> it takes two seconds. <laughs> There's something going into my mouth. <laughs> And at the end, I'm in my assholes burning. <laughs> Dude, our buddy, he literally came oh, up to the buddy. comedy club, and his act was just 4,000 analogies. He, he figured out analogies. Yeah. <laughs> something, oh, something's a lot like. And then, he, then the actor, you go, this, it's not like, uh, um, you go, like a clown. It's like, you know, it's like, if you're a clown, you're not going to work at a doctor's office. What would that look like? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if he did, <laughs> but if he did, what would that look like? And then you do. Oh, oh fuck! Good but shit. good shit, right there. Yeah. Well, I can't believe that they fired women. Um, one thing I was gonna say. <sighs> Disgusting. So she session. Th- so this is kind of like a funny thing, but Vice. Some guy was making an Andrew Dice Clay doc at Vice, and he like reached out to like my management and stuff and asked if I wanted to be in it. I fucking waved it down. Yeah. Yeah, I said What about uh what about a sketch idea right now? Andrew Vice Clay. <laughs> hey, cheers. Hey, hey what's the deal with two genders? The seventy-two genders. Oh <laughs> Andrew Vice Clay. <laughs> Holy shit, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hickory dickory doc. <laughs> Gay marriage is acceptable. <laughs> uh, oh, Hickory Dickory Doc. Dudes don't have to have a cock. <laughs> Hickory Dickory Doc. Ladies can have a cock. Oh, <laughs> Andrew Vice Clay. <laughs> oh, oh, Jack God. be nimble, Jack be quick. I'm sucking on this chick's dick. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh my. I'm sucking my chick's dick oh. like a, with like a sequined leather vest. It's like, a, <laughs> yeah, very non-binary. Yeah, very non-binary. Just like eyeshadow uh, on a vape with a vape. Andrew Vice Clay. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mmm. What flavor are you holding? Now open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. All right, that was good. That was good. Okay, you know what? We'll do a quick, uh, <laughs> quick sponsor here. <laughs> Fitbod, ladies and gentlemen, oh. don't get stuck doing the same workouts. Making progress towards the future you means overcoming new challenges. So they have tons of interesting workouts. Keep it interesting so you don't get bored, and they give you time for your muscle groups. To recover. There's no perfect body that everyone can achieve except for me. This is a perfect body. And that's why Danny looking next to me, I make I make sure that we always wear the same outfit. Yeah. <laughs> Just before so, after. Yeah, yeah. I look good. By definition, I go, <laughs> Danny, if you guys don't realize this, but I come up to Danny, I go, I got us some new shirts. <laughs> Yours are vertical lines, mine are horizontal. I'm like, oh, come on. <laughs> 
That's so funny. I give you a shirt with vertical horizontal line. And I go, what? We're leaving the house. Let's go. Let's do the cat. Yeah, we're wearing the same shirts. I go, they're not the same shirts. They both have lines on I make your shirts a lines a little wobbly just to make you look fatter. But what we can do is continually become a better version of ourselves. The app is clear, easy to use, balances muscle groups so fully recovered, so you can get fully recovered for your next workout. And FitBod understands that the path to achieving your best looks is different for everyone. So personalized training can be tough on a budget, but FitBod is only $9.99 a month or $59.99 a year. Sign up now and you'll get 25% of the membership. So pick up the pace of your fitness, pick up the pace on your fitness journey with FitBod today and your future self will thank you. Get 25% off membership at fitbod.me slash boyscast. That's 25% off fitbod.me slash boyscast. Now, our Jeopardy guy, who we cannot catch a fucking break. <laughs> yeah, me and Danny have been texting Holy back and forth shit. about our Jeopardy, this Jeopardy this guy. This guy cannot week. catch a break right now. So this is there is some someone from uh, the Patreon sent me a pretty great like article that they, they they wrote about it. So this is what we're gonna do. So we, the Jeopardy guy has been fired, but Vice, who is our, we're centered around Vice today, this is very important to us, has written an article about how to write the perfect apology, and we're gonna go through both of those. But first of all, so after all that, we wrote. You know, we talked about this last week. He got fired from his one job. They said, you can keep your executive producer job. And then, bam, they said, take backs. Yeah, I go, you know what? Too much of a distraction. Even though it wasn't. You're like, okay, it's over. The whole thing's done. And then, so that's so crazy that afterwards, they literally said he can keep his executive producer job. And then because of his bro comments, they kicked him out of that too. And let this be a lesson to any man, any man that thinks you should just have a job <laughs> but the best part is before we get vice vices advice so washington post wrote the fucking most hilarious article on this topic so after he got fired from his other job this is what washington post wrote they go how journalism saved Jeopardy from an unworthy host after an utter failure of corporate vetting. <laughs> Way to pat yourself on the back, journalism. <laughs> that? That's their take. You think they're watching it on the news and it's like breaking news, like like in their newsroom on the TV. Mike Richards or whatever out as, and they're like, yay, journalism. We <laughs> yeah. did it, journalism. Yeah, yeah. fuck. Do you ever see, you know that, uh, the newsroom? Yeah. I remember one of the lines that I always think of. I, the famous thing is when he goes, yeah, America's the friggin' best. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're pretty yeah, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, do you think about this? We're number 45 in meat consumption. We're going you know, to list yeah. off all the things they're bad at. Uh-huh. But that show, at one point, when he's on like a come up, he's doing good. And then he, he has like a good story and he looks at the girl. And he goes, I fucking love the news. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> I fucking love the news. He looks at the mirror and he goes, fuck, I love news. <laughs> so these people, their take is ball washing themselves. Insane. Where they go, this guy got fired. And their take on this is if those people at Jeopardy would have done their jobs, we wouldn't have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You think we, we want to do this? We could be on a fucking beach in Cabo right now, <laughs> but if... But you guys can do also the idea that they, you know, the baseline of this is like 
Jeopardy is this like institution that must be preserved That's how they're in its at like it, yeah. pristine form, and that any sort of like changes that could negative is it could bring down the country. Like this is like important. This yeah, is, you know, it's like Jenga, and they're like you're fucking, you're fucking with the the fabric of our culture. That's exactly how they're talking. Fucking, about they it. are. They really are. They go, oh my god, imagine Jeff. It's like it's a game show that from forty years ago that you know five percent of people give a shit about who used to. And even the when they do, it's like fake nostalgia. I'm sure there's some people that watch Jeopardy, but this person said, this person that wrote this article, they started by saying, um, listen, me and my friends love Jeopardy and we watch it every, every night and blah, 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 right? And then he goes, so when this happened, my friend and I considered boycotting Jeopardy over this decision, though that would have meant forfeiting our pop culture comfort food. So they didn't decide they had a big meeting. I'm sorry, is Jeopardy this big pop culture thing <laughs> for this dork? But can you, they, the, first of all, the arrogance to be like a single person and when you stop watching a show, like you go, oh, I don't watch that. You're bo- it's a boycott. Yeah. There is one thing I'll say that I I am kind of like not lu- probably lukewarm on is the fact that this dude was the executive producer. You're like you're on a hunt to pick a host, then you just pull this move where you pick yourself. Yeah, yeah. Like straight up, you go like you weren't even in the mix. For we this. know we talked about that. Yeah, yeah that I know, I know. But, but I'm saying it's such a scumbag move. But yeah, to, for him to just lose everything. You know what? Right? They put us into positions where we have to defend people. I don't know. Maybe this guy sucks. But the problem is, <laughs> oh, he's for sure. Right now, I am fucking pro Mike Rich. I'm yeah. pro Michael Richards. <laughs> if your name's Mike, your name's Richards. <laughs> Let's hang. Richard Jennings. You think, you think him and fucking Kramer are hanging? Going, dude, it's tough being us, huh? <laughs> tough Woo! Being How far we have fallen. Yeah. And so, but he goes, him and his friend deci- decided whether they're going to boycott Jeopardy. And they called each other and they're like, are we doing this? <laughs> are we doing this? Well, like, what else are we going to do at seven o'clock? And they go, all right, we'll watch it, but we won't be happy about it. So they decided, they decided, despite their conversations, they decided not to boycott Jeopardy. And they said, so McNear, that's the person that vetted Richards. They go, McNear vetted Richards with material that was out there in plain sight. (laughs) Happily, we won't have to do that now, said thanks to, thanks to Claire McNair of The Ringer, the reporter and author who diligently did what Sony, the show's parent company, failed to do. And then McNear, so McNear says her process wasn't all that complex. They're interviewing <laughs> the journalists about her saved, process. About her process of saving Jeopardy. Process. Process, yeah. yeah. Say uh, process. Uh, proce- I say process. I don't, We're I'm, supposed I'm to, a yeah. fucking hoser but like you. I am a, I'm a fucking hoser. You're a fucking hoser. I'm fucking. getting polluted. You want to talk about my process of getting fucking polluted? Well, play some fucking offense, boys. <laughs> boys. Can, they're t- they are legitimately, this is a journalist. Yeah, whose journalism is just like just listening. It's the same journalist as your like girlfriend who's trying to bust you. And she's like, yeah, she just went and dig through all your shit, and just listened to forty three hours of podcasts. But she, the, okay, this is a journalist who didn't break the story, <laughs> interviewing the girl from the Ringer, who released the article that got him fired. The Washington Post is like, can we? Do you think we could get her? But this is, and they are interviewing. A journalist from another publication yeah. on her process. It's almost like of th- how she takes them down. Her this, cancel process. This is like their Watergate. <laughs> this is honestly, you go. You know who we need to? We need to inter- like get the journalists who broke Watergate. They're the new stars of this. Holy shit! Their cancel process. <laughs> 
<laughs> you cancel. You he know? goes, this is what she says of her process. It's not that complex. I just kept looking. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, downloaded a podcast and she I told, listened to it. She told CNN's Brian Stelter <laughs> on Sunday. I'm not <laughs> kidding. She was being interviewed. I, 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 Brian I want Stelter. them to talk shop. And she goes, yeah, so sometimes I've been toying with listening to 1.5 <laughs> speed or yeah. two speed. Because, you know, you can't listen to one speed. That just takes too long. Sometimes on two, yeah. though, you miss stuff. So I've settled on 1.5 speed. Or she's like, she's like, I had a custom speed made for me. I'm, I had a friend at Spotify. 1.77 is the perfect speed. <laughs> it's the perfect speed. But it's a kids. custom speed. You can't get that. Not everybody. She has, only. Dude, the, the ultimate, uh, like the, the expert mode cancelers. She's listening. <laughs> To two podcasts at once. <laughs> she has two different devices. She's she's able to get, right know, and left hand taking notes, just like speed reading. You know when they read every fifth word. Yeah, she can listen to every fifth word and still know if something was offensive. It's like that. And I go reel that back a little bit. That black. I knew. I see. I could tell by the tone yeah. that she that was like, about no. to be a cancelable offense. <laughs> Cancelable hours. You know the uh, lawyers is billable Bill hours. Cancelable hours. Cancelable hours. <laughs> <laughs> Just reading transcripts of podcasts. Holy shit. In a Twitter thread over the weekend, McNair included some of the material that she didn't have any room for in the last week's story. Sort of like the ex- like the extras. Yeah. It's like uh, the bloopers and the extra footage. On the cutting room floor. Like, what was left on the cutting? <laughs> she, she, on the canceling room floor. <laughs> <laughs> she... She after he already got fired, she released some of the material. Hello, I have more. The body's dead. He's cold. Body's cold. This needs to be a lesson to any fucking man who thinks he should just have a job. So, you know, and we talked about that a bit, but there were new developments, and I'm obsessed with this Jeopardy story because it is the ultimate in just like, yep, you never have a job. That's the end of that. You can't be in those fields, but. Vice, and this was this made me laugh so much because I was thinking about doing a sketch, and it's kind of one of those things where the reality. I never made the sketch, but it's one of those things where reality, like, is crazier than what I would have made. Uh-huh. So, Vice, and I don't know if this girl still works here or not. Right, that's something that we are oh. aware of. Right. I mean, well, we she may have been fired in the in the I, the mass purge. Well, her Twitter doesn't exist. But this article is called The Making of the Perfect Celebrity Apology. And so Vice is interviewing uh, this girl who's like a PR person that does all the apologies. And it's so funny because the way they're talking about it, it's like, you know, you want to pretend that you care, but not actually care too much. And you like, she's talking about it. And then Vice, it's like the two of these people walk, working together is like the, 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 you know, the Federal Reserve and the, and like <laughs> the chairman of like Goldman Sachs being like, like what's your process? What's your process? Like they're yeah. working together. Yeah, yeah. So Vice, they're like, it's quite the racket they've got. It's like Vice puts them on blast. It's a bit of an ecosystem. Yeah, it's almost like the publicists, they get these clients and then they're paying off the blogs like, yo, we need a hit piece. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I, got, I just got Clooney. If you could dig up some dirt on Clooney and then Clooney calls his publicist like they're coming for me and he goes, oh, we're going to have to work overtime. <laughs> it's like a, yeah. a, what kind of circle jerk is this? A bit of a racket. Like if you are a publicist, you shouldn't be interviewing with Vice. You should be like, they're the enemy. Yeah, totally. 
But the fact that they're in cahoots. You know what the problem is? I don't. This I, is a. This give, is like a conspiracy. We're giving all of these people <laughs> so much credit as like these are these full time gigs when in fact these are all like side hustles for every one of these people. You know, <laughs> right. and so we're like, what are you doing? And they're like, yeah, I do. I don't have a lot of. Stuff I will going say though, on. these big I publicity firms are. These are full time jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like these are publicity firms that represent big celebrities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. You, they make lots of money, and especially if so it. Isn't it interesting to think that there's an entire industry that is making lots of money off celebrity apologies from an incentive standpoint? Not great. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm looking at her Twitter right now, by the way. She doesn't have mention Vice, so I think maybe she, she's not with them anymore. This is her coup de gras. But she, she doesn't say anything that crazy. She's interviewing the person on her process. She, so she interviews the canceller on her process. Yeah. Then she interviews the apology team <laughs> on their process. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a whole cottage industry. Yeah. She should maybe link the two. Well, that's, it seems like they are. Yeah. And so I was going to do a sketch on like the guy who makes the Hollywood apologies and put them all together and whatever, right? And she says the stuff that I'm like, I would have made this, I would have said this stuff verbatim in my sketch as a joke. <laughs> Yes. You know what the other thing about, like, for example, the Jeopardy guy getting uh, canceled or whatever, like all the people that get fired, it's like, it's almost very few really talented people are like in sync with consensus for their whole life. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? How many talented people are consistently in sync with what the consensus is? Uh, yeah. Know? No, it's, it's almost like you want to just not follow that stuff at all. Just by nature of like being independently thinking over time you're not going to be in sync with a lot of it right yeah well, it's just Un- unless you f- follow the feedback so closely that you almost let the feedback like reshape you because you try and like well then you're not talented anymore well, for like, sure. at that point but i mean we see you see that a lot on like you know youtubers and stuff who their fan base is like ah i hate that and they go okay i'll never do that again sorry yeah, but Instead i would being consider like, that a talented person i would consider well, that I, a coward I, yeah totally but i'm saying you see that where they like they just let you know they let the audience turn them into a mascot almost saying I'm sorry has become its own art form in Hollywood. And for better or worse, it takes a team to make it happen. Well, you would want people to think that. <laughs> yeah. Some of the biggest names in the business break down how <laughs> the biggest, biggest name in, apology. The, in the apologies business. That fucking crazy. We brought in an expert from Hallmark who writes cards for a little imagine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The guy who writes the apology Hallmark cards is like a hot. Yeah, yeah he's like, he's like, that's that's the ultimate job for the. Uh, you go, yeah, I crank out about twenty different ideas a day. He says they're gonna break down how the si- sausage gets made of the apology. So it's like, so ever we all, or you know what the other thing is? You think this apology person would be kind of like a secretive business? Yeah, where they're just like, yeah, it's fucking complete bullshit. Like <laughs> we we get a team together, we can. They're not even, and you're just like. Why are you telling us this? <laughs> like, shouldn't shouldn't you at least pretend? Yeah, you go, yeah, we just copy and paste kind of mostly. Yeah, shouldn't you at least pretend that a team didn't write their apology? Yeah, I know. You're like, yeah, we all just, we just wrote Clooney's apology the other day. And you're like, <laughs> Clooney's like, what the fuck? Yeah, Clooney's like, yeah, I'm, kind of takes a little of the, uh, <laughs> the apology away from when people know that I meticulously crafted it and spent fucking and I was on, on a, a boat team. when you were meticulously <laughs> yeah, crafting that's it. that's true. It's crazy. So they go, sometimes it's an affair. Sometimes it's working with Woody Allen. Sometimes it's benefiting from a system that contones misogyny and racism. Oh, I hate misogyny <laughs> and racism. But worse is benefiting. But always, 
Apologizing for the affair is always nuts. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you're just like, it, yeah, it sucks, but like, you may say sorry to your wife and that's yeah. your own business. But like, I know, the public apology. Why am I saying sorry to the, you? Yeah, to the public. I go, hey, public, I had a, an affair. I'm sorry. Like, imagine you were married with kids and you got caught cheating and it was like a whole fucking debacle. Like, yeah, your life would be a mess. But if you came to me and you're like, dude, I'm so sorry. I go, what are you saying <laughs> yeah, sorry to me for? Yeah, you're like, what do I care? Let alone, like, uh, I guess the only time I get it is if you present yourself as like Mr. Family Values. Sure. And then there's been like a bait and switch. Like if you're a pastor, or like a mega pastor. Yeah, mega pastor. Cheating, you're like, I'm sorry because I was lying. Yeah. Well, no, they have the ultimate because they have all these like little with the Lord stuff. So it could be, Oh, the Lord just, I slipped up and he was testing me and I failed the <laughs> test, but I'm, I'm back. You can always, they, they have all the things. Yeah. You can you, always fucking figure out. How you know, would be the best fucking line. apology for someone cheating would be if John legend got busted for cheating and his legend in his letter was like, you guys all know why I did this. Okay. <laughs> just fucking get off my back. You've seen what she's yeah, up you to. guys know why I did this. Oh, you, come on. Yeah, You don't cheat. <laughs> yeah. Let's see you try not to. Because I'm John Legend, my fucking wife's dumb bitch, Chrissy Teigen. Yeah. Oh, what? Oh, I. Okay. Well, how about you don't cheat then? Yeah. So Everybody that, be like, yeah, we get it, man. So sometimes, can you imagine though being a uh, pub, hiring a publicist team, and you're like, we need to apologize. You go, what are we apologizing for? Benefiting from a system that condones misogyny and racism. <laughs> that's like even if broadly. you that's like if you don't have a scandal. That's just like if you just have, have guilt. Just yeah. general white like me and you could just straight up be like call them up right now. And go, we we need to issue an apology. Yeah, can we do an apology. What happened? You know, just you know, we've been benefiting from, from the system that condones the, misogyny <laughs> for our whole lives, for like our whole 30, lives really. thirty plus years. So if you could really get the team on it, if we get the A team together on this, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't hold back. Cancel yeah. your schedule. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's Ryan. Cancel your schedule. Go. How much? How much of a retainer do you need? They're like, I don't know, ten thousand. And like, I'm sending twenty. <laughs> do this right. <laughs> yeah. Do not mess this up. So they say, writing out a celebrity's story has become a cottage industry. How you? How do you craft a statement that needs to be read as authentic and not focus grouped and driven by buzzwords? But they're like. How do you craft a statement that needs to read as authentic? You know, they are already do like it yourself. Implic- yeah, they're already implicitly accepting that. Like, I mean, obviously, it's not going to be authentic. Yeah, you know, yeah. What are we? Yeah, gonna- and also, it's like obviously nobody who's sorry is actually sorry. They're just sorry that they got caught. So you know, you got to navigate yeah, no that shit. whole thing. What if the the uh, but it's understood guy. when you read it like you know like when you're reading Mike Richards apology you're like he does not think or believe any of this stuff like you read the apology and the apology was enough for him to keep his executive producer job at least at first but you're like you don't think this at all it's obvious you like no duh yeah that's what I'm saying when they're like oh like nobody who's in the public like the people who are mad at him are even more dubious of the apology. The people who want him fired are like, they think there's nothing to his apology. Whereas me and you are like, maybe something, but he was forced. But like, they don't even accept the, the people you're apologizing to don't, won't accept it at all. Yeah, I know. They only accept you just being like, oh, I'm going to kill myself. And they go, thank you. Kevin Spacey, probably the best apology. I'm gay. Yeah, he goes, I'm gay. He started a, because the, the old school. That's apology actually my was, apology. I'm a sex addict. That's my apology with my girl. Anytime I do anything bad, I just go, I'm sorry, I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> she goes, she, she goes, you, you fucking left the coffee pot on and it's all ruined. I go, I'm sorry, I'm gay. I'm gay. <laughs> you ate the pies again, I'm gay. Oh, I'm sorry that I'm gay. 
Sometimes, yeah, you're right. No, there's there's no one. They don't want to listen to the apology. No. What if my What if Michael Mike Richards said this was his apology? He came out and he said very somberly, "Goes I would like to address everyone that I've hurt. Misogyny, boobies. I'm sorry." <laughs> Look at these. And then he pulls down a girl's shirt and he goes, Not sorry. He goes, You remember when in that old oh, yeah, yeah. misogyny? I'm sorry. Boobies. Look at these. And pulls down the girl's <laughs> shirt and he goes, I quit. Fuck you. R. Kelly wrote an I'm sorry song. I said, I'm sorry. He had a song about all the things he's sorry about. Um, remember, is that, you know, is that like going to be used against him in this fucking trial? Yeah, probably didn't help. You know the By the way, the YouTube comments are going to be lighting up with how you pronounce sorry. Sorry. Is it that's better, right? No, you did say sorry. You say sorry. Did you know that uh, the death from above guy? Yeah. So there was a who's actually like pretty solid dude. It's like a pretty big band from Canada, but he uh, he went to lunch with Gavin McInnes, and so oh, I remember posted a photo that the two of them were at a bar together, and they started canceling his shows. Like he had like ninety hit pieces, and he had to be like. I'm so sorry that I had a beer with that guy. Yeah. <laughs> Who I've known for 15 years. Yeah, totally. <laughs> he had to apologize for having a beer with a guy that he fucking knows. But apparently that guy is like fucking like a G. Who, the Death from Boga? Yeah. Well, yeah. I think I met him a couple yeah, times, actually, yeah, now, now that remember. I think about it. But there was... Oh, yeah, because I'm get this This happened way before I met him. But everyone, like, Jarek and all those guys are buddies with him. And they were like, nah, that guy fucking... He's like yeah. badass. Yeah, I'm sure he's just, again, he's just placating the... How do you express Mob. contrition but not culpability? Whom do you pay to pe- whom do you pay to pen a statement that minimizes damage instead of magnifying the mistake? And what happens when your client skips all that, goes rogue, and fires off their own quick message of regret, or worse, doesn't think anything they did anything wrong at all? Yeah. And it was like in the apology game, there's nothing worse than if they didn't think they did anything wrong. It's like, well, yeah, the internet's never wrong. <laughs> I would never, if I had to like ever work with someone on an apology, which I, I don't know, hopefully I've never like fucking living like that. Yeah. But I would want, I would want the publicist that like, like we can, okay, but like we can uh, level that this is all bullshit, right? Uh-huh. Like the, the yeah, publicist that it's has like, to believe It's like it. a fucking, if you commit a murder, it's like OJ's lawyers. It's not, they're like, yeah. well, you're innocent, OJ. We, <laughs> like it's, you No, know. but this girl, her sort of energy is like, she's like, and obviously they are so she this girl the working in the in, apology industry yeah. she believes the apologies are necessary. So you know what I would do? I would remember in the um, the fucking South Park where Carmen says suck my balls and then Mr. Garrison's like present them or whatever you, present them. Present them. You know what I would do is if I had to do an apology I just go on Twitter and I'd post my own address and I'd be like see you guys later. <laughs> Dox, I'd yourself. Dox myself. I go, "All right, we reached the end of it. Here's my address. I'll see everybody tonight." <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is what this is the part that was making me that was wild for me. She goes, I don't like to wait until it blows up. I don't like to wait until it's a mandatory apology because the whole world knows. I've debated this with teams. If you're going to apologize later, why not apologize now? And it was like, oh, oh, so the uh, pay me to write your apology person like thinks like you should be apologizing <laughs> yeah, yeah. all the time. Literally have us on retainer. <laughs> yeah. Just crank she, out a monthly apology. She's, she goes. I, you know, I debate this all the time with like clients and teams. Why don't we just apologize before it even happened? Yeah. And it was like, you think that, do you? I, I, I keep saying, how much way, is going to cost me? Ten grand. I, I keep seeing uh, on the list of apologies, it says like LA based publicist, but then I think of like based publicist, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah, like the they're literally publicist. their apology is just like, fuck those queers. I, I want like, to apologize. That is a based publicist. Yeah, yeah. Is he New York based? No, he's just based. 
I'd like to apologize for Israel putting me in this position. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's a based publicist. <laughs> based publicist. Yeah. <laughs> based. Can, can I... And then they go, can I just reply to the one person on Twitter who called me out? My response is always, no, if you've upset one person, there's definitely more who are upset. They might not be tweeting you, but there's definitely more. So it's like, she goes, she's telling clients, if one person on Twitter is mad at them about something, they should already be apologizing. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Right. But my, what I'm saying is these apology people probably have a whole branch it's on Twitter being oh, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, like they're working with Vice. This is my conspiracy. Yeah, they have a, they're working with all the Buzzfeeds and the Vice, the, the Seth Simons of the world. Then they start. They those people find the things right. Then they take that, start a fake Twitter account, like you know, normal guy who used to like you. Yeah, and they post, hey, what's this thing you said in nineteen oh one? You know what I mean? And then, then they go to bite, and then they go back to their client. They're like, "I think we should apologize now." They force them to do an apology. Then they call up BuzzFeed and they go, "We're going to need another article." BuzzFeed writes the article. They go back to the client now for the real apology. They just got paid three times. Oh yeah, not to mention that for Vice <laughs> or BuzzFeed or whatever, they regularly have articles where the like the headline is, "The internet is fuming over this," and then the internet in this scenario is one Twitter account. Them that, but it's one anonymous Twitter account. They can create their own. That's what I'm news. saying. You create the you got this flywheel. It's the perfect scam. I know. All you need is a sucker celebrity. So that's why you have to stay away from these people because the, the apology person's like, hey, you want to talk about apologies? You need to be like, no, 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 no. I would never apologize for anything ever. Yeah. And then she they they can't use their thing on you where they're scheme. They're scheming. And she goes, sometimes there's lots of drafts. Um the ones I've done have probably had at least 10 drafts in a 48 hour span. They're doing, you know, anytime you see a celebrity do anything, they've done, they have 10 drafts minimum. Except for Shane. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Shane was well, the, he did what she didn't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes, he sometimes they just do a knee-jerk post themselves. This well, no, they gave, says. no, Shane said they gave him, NBC gave him the boilerplate right, apology. Okay. And he's like, I'm not doing that. And then he just did his own. He had 10 minutes. Yeah, that's what she says she doesn't like them to do. Um but uh, yeah, there go. We have to always do the drafts because they probably let the client do the first one, and they're like, they come back, they go, "I wouldn't put the n word in your apology." <laughs> just you I mean, would... considering it's the thing that got you in trouble here, I probably leave it out, even though you're just referencing you saying it. But I just, just... want to say that I'm sorry to these broads, and uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. let's not do that one, <laughs> Andrew Vice Glenn. <laughs> It takes a while to get in the place where the statement is straightforward, authentic, and impactful. It needs to be. So they're admitting we need a team of people to get it authentic. And they said, there, these are really painful, hard days on the job, especially when you know, especially when you know that they've grown as a person. Oh, that's <laughs> the worst is writing a, writing an authentic apology for someone who can't do it for themselves, especially when you know they've grown as a person. <laughs> like that must be so hard. Cause you're like, I know you've grown. You just can't write an apology authentically yourself because you're not authentically yourself because you've been acting your whole life. So they're literally, she goes, it's painful, hard days. They have a fucking, you know, a, a, a panic. What do they call it? A crisis room. Crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all yelling at each other. She's smoking. War room. She thinks. Yeah, war, she thinks she's Hunter S. Thompson. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! I'll just took a spell. Lost his guns. See, we got. 
chain smoking cigarettes. <laughs> I've got it. I've oh, I've finally done it. I have, what do you think the Steven Seagal School of Crisis Management would be? Like, it would literally be like, hey, Steven, uh, I said something bad on the internet and all these people are mad. He goes, we'll break their necks. Tell her I want them to come over to my house and I'll apologize. Meet me in the garage. Tell, tell them to meet me in the parking garage for my personal apology. Just fucking snapping everybody's necks. <laughs> <laughs> They're like just waiting for him. He just sneaks up from behind them. Yeah, me, me. <laughs> how many is there? A, do you think there's a tally somewhere? How many times has Steven Seagal snapped someone's neck like this in a movie? Mostly. Like how many over a hundred in all the movies he's ever done? More. More. <laughs> The movie was sick if he just did it all. Like, you know how, like, um, the cereals or whatever, like Captain Crunch, and they do only Crunch Berries? Yeah. What about a Steven Seagal movie where it's only neck snapping? It's just one after another of just snap necks. Compilation. Compilation. Neck snaps. But it's not a compilation. We're cutting out the fat. It's not a compilation. It is its own movie, but just him snapping necks. Snapdragon. Yeah, snap. Here we go. I call that. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Love it. And then her final thing, she's like, um, I know that a lot of reps will. Uh, the, you know, the idea of if these people are talk, if these people on Twitter stop talking about it, it'll be gone. And what she says is, no, what will actually happen is they're all just waiting in the fringes. And the next time you have something big happen, it'll hit you even harder. So she thinks that, um, <laughs> you know, she's out there with her fake Twitter accounts. And she's like, you should always apologize when three people on Twitter yell at you. And it was like, no, the answer is, I guess, like. Never have a job ever. Well, no, the real answer is, look, if you work for a, if you get a job working for a corporation when you previously did not. Delete everything you've ever done on the internet. Like, especially a public corporation, a public company. Delete all your podcasts. There's, there's no benefit. Delete your podcast. Delete your Twitter. Delete your everything. everything. Delete everything. Yeah, delete every. It really is. Delete everything you've ever. If done. you have this cushy Erase job where you're like, I'm just, I'm an executive producer, whatever. There's no reason for you to keep your podcasts up. And then when people ask you anything, they go, "You turn into Steven Seagal," where they go, "Hey, um, didn't you used to do a podcast?" You go, "I told you never to ask about my past." <laughs> yeah, exactly. What's done is done. I'm not that guy anymore. And then that guy's erased. Next snap. You start a new name, start a new identity, and then have start a new Facebook account. And then burn your computer, take the hard drives, throw them in the river. Did you see that high school football thing, by the way? What was last week? So this company, it's called uh, Sycamore something. They they got like there's high you know a bit like high school football is huge in the U.S. and they like play each other on ESPN like the big teams. This team was like all none of them are high school players. They were like a fake team and they made up that they were like this big like prep academy, but nobody could back it up. And they got a game on ESPN against like the IMG Academy. They lost like 58 to nothing or something. But like the coach was like had current like open warrants for him, his arrest. (laughs) And it was like a fake football team. They were like, like, I don't even know. Like they were just like, you know, they, they had, they were a football team, but they didn't play anybody. They weren't attached to a school. They made up the whole thing so they could like play on ESPN. They got smoked and like they weren't like they don't play in any conference or league. They just like but the tri- whole point of it was just to like be able to weasel their way into the well, tournament. Well, I guess I don't know because like football is like you can't just like be like, oh, we're just going to play football this week. I don't get it really. I'm not really following this. It's, it's like a literally a fake football team. They, but you know, there's the 50 point? guys. To play on ESPN on TV, okay. and they played this. So I guess, the they wanted dude. to win, like they wanted to, but they were nowhere near good enough. So and they, they faked were, all the stuff. They said they had all these. This was last week too. They said they had all these like D one recruits, and then everybody's like, 
Nobody on their team's even in high school. <laughs> They're all older. Sweet. The whole thing's crazy. And it worked. It worked until they got busted like a few days later. And they're like, yeah, the coach is like wanted for all these crimes. For other crimes. Other crimes. Non-football related crimes. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Just take a quick second here for our second sponsor, Cuts Clothing. If you want to look good, if you want the ladies to look at you and be like, now that's a guy that I could take home to my parents and my dad would look at him and be like, who is this movie star? Movie star. Oh, Gary V is dating my daughter? <laughs> I didn't know The Rock is taking my daughter on a date. Sir, sir, I'm not The Rock. I'm just wearing Cuts clothing. <laughs> he goes, excuse me. Sir, excuse sir, me. sir, I understand the mix-up. <laughs> Wait a second. But this is just the clothing that I so wear. So does that mean I get to be The Rock's dad? Is what he'll say. Whether you're hustling for a promotion... Working on your golf swing or just chilling with friends, Cuts Clothing keeps you feeling good and looking sharp. Cuts has become the Tesla of t-shirts, hoodies, polos, sweatshirts, and more. And GQ Magazine called the classic PYCA Pro Tri-Blend Tee the only shirt worth wearing. This month marks Cuts' fifth anniversary, and they're doing it big with two collection drops, a product launch, and a week-long special event. Join the celebration and get 15% off site-wide by going to cutsclothing.com slash boyscast. That's cutsclothing.com slash boyscast for 15% off and access to anniversary events all month long. Cuts Clothing. Now. You know what? I, I actually started my uh, own clothing brand that we're selling them in JQ magazine. Big boy. We're, starting, we're selling them in JQ magazine. It's just a white sheet. Selling a lot selling a lot of them though. JQ magazine. Been selling a lot of sheets. J, uh, JQ magazine <laughs> called this JQ the magazine sheet of the year. <laughs> no, they they called this hat worst hat. <laughs> <laughs> yamaka of 10, ten oh, years in a row jq magazine is called the yamaka <laughs> worst hat 10 years ever. running strong worst hat <laughs> oh fuck and uh oh. they actually called the baseball cap best hat <laughs> oh, jq <man>. magazine <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, do you think that there was one guy that was just about to go to Epstein Island, like he had a trip planned the day before Epstein yeah. got busted? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> he he was looking He's like, holy <laughs> shit! He's like, we're gonna bang all these girls. <laughs> Bill Clinton's gonna be there. It's gonna be amazing. And then they're like, hey, we got some bad news. Yeah, like he's been thinking forever. Like he's he, the whole reason he even got into hedge fund blackmailing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, what do you think I got in the Israeli army for? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and every day he was talking to, you know, he's talking to Epstein. He's like, so Jeff, uh, you, I mean, last week he said I could come next week. And then yeah, yeah, goes, yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. It's just full this week. We're going to get you on the island. It's going to be fun. Get your dick ready. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get, get the Viagras. And Take extras. He was like the kid that's supposed to go to his uh, his dad's house and the dad never comes. Yeah. Like he's sitting on the thing. <laughs> yeah, Jeff he's supposed back. to pick him up in a limo. And then he just gets a call like, sorry, buddy. You know, yeah. going to take you next time. Cops are on to us, so... I'm going to take you next time. And then he gets busted right the day before he was going to double team chicks with Clinton. He's so pissed. So oh, that's funny. I watched this doc. Um, I actually watched two different docs on the crack cocaine scandal, right? Crack cocaine scandal? Yeah. The scandal that your like, mom has a lot of crack. 
What crack cocaine scandal? Well, if you, when you bent over, yeah, there was a scandal. I have a high crack actually. I mean, like, you got a high crack? Yeah, my girlfriend. She. Uh, oh, she's just trying to bring uh, uh, like lower your self esteem. No, no, by I saying just, there's no, weird she's things just, about you. No, it's in high crack. It's not even that. Weird. <laughs> we were just like, man, your, your ass crack goes high. <laughs> was it a compliment? No, it's like, more of just an observation. Crack, dude, it's not nice. like it's not like sick or bad. How does your just, crack go? I don't know. Around here, kind of weird. You guys are weird. <laughs> What do you mean you have a high crack? No, I just have a flat ass, so it looks like my crack is high. <laughs> do you have a really flat ass? Oh, I got notoriously zero ass, <laughs> like a cartoon character. I have like, I have like, we always joke about you have it. Even old man ass. If you ever see, there's like this like girls in tight jeans with no ass meme, and it's like this dog, and it yeah, has like I a know dog. That's what you. That's look my like. ass in those jeans. And your girlfriend's behind you, being like. Big crack. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not a big crack. It's a high crack. It just goes high up the back. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Show the camera. <laughs> it's a regular crack. It just because the it's more of an optical illusion because the. So if someone so was flat. doing the joke where they were, if you were bent over and someone was doing the joke where they swiped your credit card, it'd be a long swipe. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It'd be a long swipe. But I watched this uh, this talk, and I mean, first of all, it's obviously so crazy like all the contra stuff or whatever but it was one thing that was interesting was because basically they're what's the name of the doc uh there was two of them and they're the two ones on netflix and, and they're basically ones called like just crack and the other ones there it's something you know the crack epidemic or whatever okay. right but it's funny because it, it, you know a lot of, of these one of them was way more of the premise of it was kind of like how it affect, affected the black community or whatever right but it's so interesting because it's like all of these like pundits that are in these things and university professors and experts of all sorts, all of them consistently are going on about how the media was lying here. You mm. know, the media was lying here, how the media got everything wrong in, you know, 1950, uh, the lies, the overreactions. And you're just like, I bet you every single one of those people would be like, the media is right about COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, they're nailing it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm, absolutely. It's like I mean, again, how can you say, oh, every decade you look back and you go, oh, the media is wrong about all this stuff, and then now being like, I mean, so just they're gonna get, be getting lots of stuff wrong now, right? And I think a lot of people live in that where they were they would agree with you if you look back at this. Did the media get it wrong? If you look back at this war, did the media get it wrong? If you look back at the crack thing, did the media get it wrong? Yes, yes, yes. How's the media doing on COVID? Great. Great. I mean, I mean, you know what? I get that people trust the media because it's by far the path of least resistance. It's so much easier to be like trustful than distrustful, even though it's not necessarily to your benefit. Not really, because you you can be just dismissive. Like you don't have to be the guy that's like out there telling everyone they're lying to you, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just be like, yeah, I don't listen to that yeah, fucking shit. True, true. But it's like, I think people would rather think like, yeah, they're not like all out to get me. I think so too, but it is funny to hold that belief side by side. Oh, for sure. You know what I mean? And, and oh. that was a lot of these docs, but they would always say it, but the experts. So, and it was, so it is an interesting thing with all the race stuff because the one doc was very, you know how it's raceful, but, and they kind of guys were even saying, it's like, it almost makes it conspiratorial when it happens to all one group. And there is things where, why would, um, cocaine have a way smaller charge than crack mm -hmm. like what's the difference you know what i mean yeah but if you then when some people would kind of be saying well i wasn't you know it wasn't about race it was just like we don't care uh when we were like um 
bringing crack in the streets. Like we don't care who we're selling it to. Like it was essentially the Contras were selling and they were using these profits for, you know, to war and stuff. To war, yeah. but yeah, yeah. they don't care. Like they, th- those people were not like, oh, we let's make it, like black people. It's like the reason it was like a turn of events. Obviously a lot of times seems conspiratorial Yeah, where it's like, no, the reason they put it in those communities is because there was less police there. Yeah. To some degree, no one's caring. So there is a conspiracy that, Maybe no one cared about those communities, which made it easier to do this. But the conspiracy that uh, it was like on purpose to ruin the black community. I don't know. It's like, there, yeah, yeah, there's those things. It's, when I was in you Gua- can think whatever you want, but there's different opinions when, on those. When I lived in Guelph, actually, I knew a, a guy who lived in my building my last year in Guelph was like a functioning crack addict. Yeah. Well, yeah. Then they. It's weird. It is. Well, this is why. Like he had a normal job and everything, but he was like legit like crackhead. Well. I don't know if you like how much you know this, and I don't really talk about like that much personal stuff, like on docs or whatever. But the the one of the reasons why, or sorry, on like you know whatever, yeah, yeah. like I don't live like a reality star really. Mm-hmm. But the the reason why it was so weird to me, it's like in a lot of these things, it's kind of the same as when you know everything's about race and all these. There's a lot of white people that are like you know opioid addicts or whatever. It was funny to me because I was watching the one doc was kind of more about the drug thing and the other thing was like very you know social justice oriented. Yeah. And it was sort of interesting to me because it was kind of like these university professors being like and the crack was like a black problem it's only to black and, and, and it was kind of like but I have two uncles that died from that. Yeah. So in my family, like it wasn't at all. Uh-huh. It's just like if you put it in a pride. Yeah, for sure. So it's I always, mean, it's not. I ever. can see, but I can see how it makes people mad. Because to me, you're just like, like imagine some fucking white college kid being like, "Oh, crack only affects black families," and I'm like, "Well, not in mine. It didn't." Yeah, totally. And you're yeah. just like, "Fuck you." Like I went through the. Well, they just probably go like, yeah, they just pick a very small sample size specifically and be like look how bad it was here and you go yeah i guess if you pick only there then yeah that proves your point point." and then yeah and also i mean it is it is one of those things where there's so many components of it but when you look at the the when they were saying that coke was you know higher sentence one of the arguments and it's like it's hard to well disagree. crack was right crack, crack was a higher because sentence. it's like concentrated is that the reason yeah I thought, it's i think it's because uh, I think so, or it's like I uh, think that they were saying it, no, the high sentence the, is way higher. But there is something to be said about laws that are you know if you're trying to fucking make the laws that make your country better or whatever. Like one was like devastating societies, and the other wasn't. Uh-huh. Like if yeah, I mean, maybe well, maybe it's you if you have an immoral obligation against drugs. But like to be honest, if you say your average person who's like going to clubs and doing coke is that really wrecking? Just like is it, you're not walking around and it's you know nonsense because mm. those people aren't doing stealing and prostituting to get their coke whereas in the crack people yeah, actually are it's like causing all this crime for causing people getting crime, hooked on yeah, yeah so it is I mean, people, kind of I'm worse. sure there's lots know, of crime I'm sure there's lots of crime based on people getting hooked on coke that are just not in you know but do you know very many uh no but I mean there's no shortage of people who are like yeah I've fucking spent. 50 grand a year on coke or something for right so i had two yeah it's not but i had two different uncles die in a two-year span and that's so what happened was and it it was literally what you hear about in fucking books uh-huh. like you know these people kind of overeat the time become you know they grew up in the projects and stuff and then ended up on the streets essentially all that stuff and then the one would be going to my grandmother's house stealing her things 
emptied out her pension, That's shit right. like that. Yeah, yeah. And anything, like silverware, she'd come, they'd pawn off her. And then, you know, my mom would be like, her brothers would be like, we're going to, if you ever come back, you know. Yeah, of course. It would be it's these, like, uh, but it's one of those things where it's it's so easy for everyone. Everyone has the answers to like everything when it's, uh, you know, when it's broad. It's kind of like what people think with homeless people. They're like, just do this. And it's like, you could just throw money at every problem. But everyone knows they're like, hey, if you had a family that had 10 people and one person was like doing drugs and stealing from everyone, like, could you just throw money at that problem? No. No, it's a, they're you'd vi- kill them. There isn't, there, it's very, there's, who knows what you, what, you're right. You, what, I mean, if you go, you look, are right. Yeah. You, you go, you kill them, so, right. yeah, if someone's like that. at that point where they're like stealing for their, like, you'd be like, here's a bunch of money. You're like, okay, I'm just, you just bu-. killed them. Yeah. You just killed them. They go, okay, I'm going to spend this all on this drug I'm addicted to. And then they're dead. Yeah. I didn't even think of that point, but then, so then they would kind of disappear for another six months and then they would come back and then, you know, cycles, all over. cycles, all over. And then because it's their mom, she takes them back. And then, so like, even when she, she died, for example, there was a. She, like a supposed to be a life insurance policy or whatever mm-hmm. that even just paid for the funeral and little things like that because when her husband died whatever right yeah. cash that out so on top of it and they like, didn't find out until the, in his death yeah. it's like everyone else has to pay you know thousands of dollars and they're not I'm yeah. that rich on that side right so it's like they've got to come up with all this money because like the other brother like emptied out her pension and this was yeah it's fucking so it's just like a crazy mess like I can see how you know, crack is so, but it is, you know, it's it's just those poor neighborhoods. And it's like, what a wild fucking drug. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah, there's plenty of fucking affluent people who are addicted to crack who just are stay addicted to crack because it doesn't, you know, they have so much money that and yeah. they're able to not kill themselves. There'll be like but. little pockets where it's like, they, oh, yeah, maybe they stop for a second and get a part time job as like a mover. And then four months later it's like oh yeah, someone been... saw them like begging outside of like the beer store or whatever and then yeah. it was like then you don't see them there anymore and then they're you know stealing i actually was thinking walking down it's the street mess. walking down the street in our neighborhood the other day where i'm like it is crazy how good heroin must be where it makes you kind of like fine with being homeless because like you see all the people who are like their life is just getting more heroin like that's the whole purpose of of existing is just more heroin all the time yeah, it's kind of like pussy, where it's like people Can't. live on the street, where as long as they get that new little piece coming at them. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> except you can't be homeless and get tons of pussy. You know what? Uh, the uh, it always makes me laugh that we, that being old like kills more people than drunk drivers. Yeah, and that's such a funny stat. <laughs> yeah. Where it's like any person that's like drunk driving is bad. You're just like, if I'm leaving with my grandmother. And we get in the car and I'm smashed. I'm less likely to probably get in a car accident than her just sober being old. <laughs> just being old. Just like <laughs> shouldn't have her license anymore, but she does. Yeah. She's kind of got too old for her license, but her license hasn't expired. So funny. Uh, let's see if there's. Okay. So I don't know if you've seen it. I always think it's kind of like the scummiest thing ever, but the fact that all these influencers are taking money to be pro-vax people or whatever. Mm-hmm. So the government is giving people like all this money. Wait, you didn't get anything? Well, that's Dude, I'm I- getting two grand a month right now. <laughs> Why do you think I'm so pro-vax? How funny would that be if we just we turned came down. out? And we're yo, like- yo, the, the, yeah, the government's giving people money and we just think that's such a great thing, which is why we're here today. <laughs> we want you to say, get your jab, people. By the get way, you- the j- word jab sort of always makes me like cringe. But- I know. 
Welcome to the Jab Hour with Ryan Long and Danny Polishuk. <laughs> Jabbing and gabbing. We've got the gift, the gift of jab and the gift of gab. Ladies and gentlemen, boys cast. welcome to the boys cast. We're just jabbing and gabbing. Brought to you by AstraZeneca, your <laughs> only choice for vaccines. Oh, fuck. We are just, uh, hey, just ducking and jabbing. <laughs> Anyways, having fun here. Get that vax, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Listen to the experts. Don't care which ones, just the experts. But like, I told you, I had a few people message me being like, I'll give you some money to say some shit. And you're just like, if you are, if you are just a person that really does like dance or something like that, mm -hmm. I guess, okay. But if you're someone that says your opinions for oh. a living, you gotta be some type of, like, how can anyone listen to you if they know you're being paid for opinions? Well, that's the, just from uh, a, I mean, the thing any is, integrity. is keep that to yourself. <laughs> you can't, though, because you have to. Well, I think that you're supposed to. I mean, that's there's people who are, paid for you by them. Right, right. Oh, yeah, I guess. I guess the idea, the only thing is you say you go, well, I think this so much already. That <laughs> yeah, whatever, yeah, but, yeah. But it is like such a political thing, too. It's if you aren't in that, what do you want to take like a super political stance on anything? I'm like the 50-50 thing. But she goes, you know, a TikTok creator with over 10 million followers received an email in June from Village Marketing. So it was on behalf of the White House. So you imagine you get an email from the White House and you're like a 12-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> you're just doing dumb dances on TikTok. They're like, we need you. So they're giving them $1,000 a month, which actually kind of seems low, to fucking shill for something. I'm pretty good if you're 12. Yeah, I guess. Depends on how many... Fucking, but the efforts are as a part of a counterattack against a rising tide of misinformation that has flooded the internet. Where the anti-vaccine, pretty good hustle. Where proper, they've been able to say that anything they don't agree with is misinformation. Mm -hmm. um, and they go, but this may not be a match for mass organ organic online movements. It was like, yeah, you don't say. This is reminds me of the crack thing where they had the commercials where it was like, don't do crack because crack is bad. If <laughs> yeah. you're rad, you won't do crack. Totally. Do you remember smoking was bad? And uh, when we were in uh, high school, did you have all the things? It was like, uh, and dare, like drugs are bad. I stuff. had that. I remember really one that I remember a big one from the early 90s was this is your brain on drugs with yeah. the eggs. With the eggs. If they were smart, if they actually gave a with shit. Wilford Brimley, go, this is your brain. And he cracks the eggs and goes, this is your brain on drugs. You go, what does that mean? <laughs> your brain gets squished. You go, wait, my brain was just the the uncooked egg? Yeah, your brain's an egg, pal. <laughs> hey, listen, shit. high crack. Your, brain, your brain's an egg. <laughs> your brain's a raw egg. Now your brain's a cooked egg. Which one would you rather have? I go, I think the cooked egg I'd rather <laughs> yeah, have. Maybe a yeah, egg. I'd rather have a cooked egg. More like a brain. Yeah, I can't honest. really do much with a raw egg other than cooked A bunch cook of it. liquids. Yeah. Rug's kind of gross and it could break. Think cooked egg for me. What they should have said, if they really wanted to, uh, like, make you care, have like a hot dog and be like, "This is your dick. This is your dick on drugs." And then chop it up, and you go, "You won't even your Ooh, your dick won't work if yeah. you fucking." It'll be all chopped up. All the cool kids don't smoke weed. This is your time of need. Don't smoke weed. <laughs> don't, don't smoke weed. <laughs> Smoking's bad, and weed's for losers. <laughs> Get the last thing you want to be is a drug user. Don't smoke weed. Yeah, don't smoke weed. Get the jab and you'll be cooler. Don't smoke weed. Get vax. <laughs> don't do crack and get the jab. But um, the uh, it, it, I would love it some other way of the the a bunch of people give influencers like TikTok influencers money to just say like fucking. 
hey, uh, this is in a conjunction with the boys cast, and I just want to say that women suck. And <laughs> <laughs> he gets some like TikToker. <laughs> I just want to say that um, men rule and uh, girls drool. Yeah. Anyways, back to my TikTok dances. Like they don't the hashtag even ad. <laughs> what ad was that for? They do, yeah, they don't even want to. But I was talking to this um, this uh, this uh, black comic, and he was funny. He was like, people were like, "Did you get the vaccine?" He goes, "I kind of." You know, it is what it is, but I don't really talk about it. I like to keep one foot in the hood. Like, because yeah. he was like, you, you have to, you do have to, the mainstream, you have to uh, say that you are. If you're, but for him, he was like, I don't want to go back to the homies and the, you know, the hood and be like, I got the jet. Like, it's very, yeah, uncool of course. In that. Yeah, it's not cool. But one thing I've been thinking about, so I did this I think one, you have syphilis, probably. The yeah. only thing that I've done on the vaccine was, I, I have this one video that's, how fighting about the vaccine is the new fighting about Trump. Uh And it's like a music video. So we did that video. But the reason why this one is so weird, and I I think about it a lot because it's such a, it really has become the new fighting about Trump. But (sighs) the reason why it's like a weird fight is because for most people, their life is completely back to normal. Like if you don't live somewhere insane, Mm -hmm. like I was thinking about it the other day, what what has changed for me? What am I? What is COVID affecting me right now? Is that you wear a mask on a plane, and maybe in an Uber, depending. And, and, on you, the, and you show your card in New York sometimes. How many times have you done that? Rarely, but it's, it's no. It's now it's more often. But that's what I mean. Okay, so if you have gotten vaccinated, like it really is for most people, and that number can only go up. That's why it's so funny when people show stats and they're like, look at the vaccination rates. You're like, well, yeah, those can only go one way. Uh-huh. Well, theoretically not because- You can double, unvaccine yourself? Double vaxxers, if you're double vaxxed, at a certain point, you're going to be considered unvaccinated. They're going to be like, it's worn off and you will go back to being it's unvaccinated. Not. Yeah. But I mean, the main- I think the most reasonable stance is like, get it or don't get yeah, it. Yeah, but like at this point, the, the vaccinated people, their main argument, it now they've run because at first they were like well what about my health what about other people's health blah blah blah. now really their thing is we're like look if you're not getting vaccinated you're taking up like hospital beds from people no, they're, who, they're, lo- they're all who making ne- up who need it i feel like, like but that's yeah, like their sorry. last like avenue of argument is to go like there's nothing else because they're like look you're vaccinated you can wear a mask you should be protected if you're you know you're protected from like dying or whatever like you're not gonna go to the hospital if you're vaccinated and or you know most people won't or whatever and then now they're like well but if you're unvaccinated you will go to the hospital and you shouldn't be allowed to like take up hospital beds but like that's the end of their argument like that's we've reached that one point where it's just about this like hospital bed capacity right and that's really it they're not like you're gonna make me sick you're gonna make my kids sick that's over it's like no so i don't i don't believe them that's so i don't even like it's it's just become this argument but then on the other side there is that it's always kind of like you know when people go well you should just quit comedy if you have if they make you get vaccinated you go are you are you insane? Yeah, yeah. Like, like the, so what? I just quick. You go. Are, are you insane? Like, you have no. But, I mean, some people are so principled that they think they're okay, like. Okay, but yeah, let me ask you yeah, a question. Yeah, yeah, like, I don't think that you should pay as much taxes as you do. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go to jail for that? No, obviously not. It's like, like I understand. Dude, being it's like some, someone in the NBA who's like there was there was this one guy actually Royce White and he's like yeah I don't uh, I have anxiety I I can't fly. And then they were like, well, we, we, it's just impossible. We can't get you, bust you around. You play in the NBA. Like, you might play in a city that's too, the next night's too far away. And he goes, well, then I'm not playing. And they go, 
okay, someone's going to take your spot, man. Like, I don't think you're not LeBron James. Like, you're, it's fine. Don't, right. Don't play. Well, yeah, it is, it is a really like, no, you're, but that's, and he's like very principled. He's like, yeah, see, like, I start, and you go, okay, like, yeah, good for you. Yeah. And that's why it's sort of, uh, it's not as funny to me because the only two, so- I, I honestly think most normal people think, yeah, get the vax or don't get the vax. I don't really like the passports, but it's not going to be my fight. Yeah. Because, the only thing you can make funny wise is just going to be red meat. Like you're either, it's like, you know, it, it's very like, and some people do that where they make videos that's just very red meat. But I always try to think of like, what can you add to the conversation? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's like, and honestly, it feels like in normal life, I don't think people really talk about COVID anymore. I really don't. No. Do you? Like when I'm out with people, it's like, it's so not a thing. No. But then, so you go, we have a couple of friends, like, but on the internet that are, Really, this is like their whole fight right now. But for most normal people, you just kind of don't think about it anymore. It kind of reminds me of like, imagine you're big into ending the Fed or all that stuff. That may be, you know, right. But it's like, it's a re- it's really a conversation on the internet. Yeah. And most people kind of don't give a shit. That's why when lockdowns were happening, it was like, no, you're fucking with everyone's lives. You're you're locking everything down. Mm-hmm. And this stuff, I agree. It's, it's like, you know, they probably shouldn't have a passport. But the, I, at the end of the day, I just think that it's in it's a weird fight because no one gives a shit yeah it's like it's like arguing on the well, internet so, yeah, well some people care but most people don't. no but on the internet it really is an internet fight yeah i agree i very how many people do you know in real life that care that much uh, i mean we know them a few yeah me too yeah i don't know why i said that yeah to be honest i do know people that care well we know people who are like literally don't like our one buddy kevin he gets kicked out of anywhere he goes it's like yeah now they're in toronto there is going to be a vaccine passport in a couple of weeks and that is wild. and he's I mean, not gonna be able to go in anywhere fucking wild so i actually well yeah it, well the thing is it's wild I, I feel bad for places that they're actually digitized and there's a good system like ontario seems like there is a database so there won't be like uh, faking it like when i was at stand-up new york uh, yeah, if you really on saturday shit, like, dude at stand-up new york i was like i was talking about it, and i go yeah this we're in a room full of uh vaccinated people and people who have basic computer skills and own a printer <laughs> and everybody's like dying because they're like yeah they're like obviously so, and everybody's like i know everybody it's feels so easy and you're like all make. you vaccinated people you feel so fucking safe but i'm like someone beside you probably is not vaccinated and just has a printer and yeah like it's so easy. Yeah, here, but in some places, <laughs> like I, I, in Toronto, I don't think it's just printing off a piece of paper. You will have to get like an app on your phone. You're in a database, and though you will like, you know, your your app will go from green to red the day that six months expires and your time for a booster. You're like, it'll just one day you wake up and you're like, oh, I can't go in anywhere right now. Yeah, <laughs> that's <laughs> which fucking, is fucked up. No, that's it's really up. fucked up. But. It is a weird one, and I've been thinking about it a lot of, like, I want to say anything about it comedically. And it, it kind of reminds me of, like, you know, how Trump made politics culture for, like, a while. But a lot of these things, it's impossible to, like, add something to the conversation without it just really seeming like, you know, real fucking red meat. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find the gray area, I think. It's like, it seems like... It's even, yeah, it's not even gray area. It's just like, what are you adding? Yeah. Like, imagine you think vaccine passports are bad, right? That's your point. Like, okay, so what's the video? Just the vaccine passports are bad. Like, what's your point? Mm-hmm. So you're just like, you know how we all think that? Here's me saying, so saying it in, in a video. Yeah. What's your point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, what's the new, what's the point that you're making? The only point that people can make is like, you know, that it's worse for minorities or whatever, but it's like, but in theory, 
I don't really like. The, I get the idea of being like, well, if you think this, then why don't you think this? But I don't really agree that just because something uh, affects one group more than another that it's sexist or racist. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I guess your point is like the hypocrisy, but yeah, you know, there's no shortage of hypocrisy everywhere here. It's like, I think it's just become like the ultimate politicized thing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, so sure. that red meat space is just not like a space I really like occupying, but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It, the, the vaccine passports are fucking lame. Stupid. The question is just like, how long will they go on for? I guess that's a lot of the people who are against them. They go, this is never going to end. Yeah. Well, there's... And the know. problem is, is if it does end, then it's like what I said last week, where it's like, if it does end, then, you know, then the people who are fine with it be like, see, it ended. But then at that point, those people are not going to be like, oh, well, I guess I was wrong for five years. <laughs> right. You know, oh, <laughs> there you go. Huh. That was weird. I was, wish I didn't make my identity all about that for the last several years, because I guess... I, was just nothing. Well, I'm going to keep thinking about that. I feel like I'm, I am want to crack something. I, uh, but anyways, this has been The Boys Cast. We actually have a buttload to talk about this week on the Patreon. If you guys want to come over, we're actually going to continue. Come on over. Come, come on, on over, over boys. Boys. <laughs> There's a, we're going to talk about the like, Texas abortion stuff, like um, Beijing, real cancel culture, uh, scrubbing people from the internet. Uh, we're going to do a... Um, a list or, 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 or what do you call it? A rating of uh, all of the like celebrity apologies and um, an article on Cuomo that we didn't get to last week. Some boys questions, patreon.com slash the boys cast. Thank you everyone for listening. Follow the YouTube uh, clips channel. Yeah. Yeah. Questions and email articles to yes. the boys cast with Ryan long yeah, at gmail.com. Some questions in there. Yeah. 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 You know what it is. Peace. Later. <laughs>